Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Chad Franzen here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The E-Myth, and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same question over and over again, and this is the 10th time you've spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a 14-day free trial. No credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com. That's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. Dana Karanik is the Chief Operating Officer at Associates for Women's Medicine, the largest obstetric and gynecology group in Syracuse, New York, where she oversees administrative functions including operations, management, process improvement, strategic planning, and development. Dana is an accomplished operations executive with 25 years of experience in a fast-paced and goal-driven medical field. She consults regularly with executives and managers from a variety of fields to help create synergistic solutions to world-impacting problems. Dana, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, so can you just give me kind of like a a broad view of um, Associates for Women's Medicine? Yes. We're in Central New York, and we have four locations. Uh, We have just under 20 providers here. That's physicians and non-physician providers. And within our four sites, we have multiple ancillary services. We have what we call one-stop shopping. So our patients have the ability to have all of their services here while they're being seen. And that includes our own central lab. We have an office-based surgery center. Um, We have our own billing, things like that. So um, we've We've grown over the years, and we've been in the Syracuse community for many years. So you have so uh, you have four locations. Can you tell me more about what you do then as COO? Um, I oversee the um, operations here, so um, all the office settings, all the ancillary services like our central lab. We have um, our own lab where we run about 86% of everything we collect in the offices and that allows us for a quick turnaround time. And um, it allows for us to get the results faster and treat those patients faster. We have our own office-based surgery. It's a triple AHC accredited surgery center where we can do um, surgeries right in our office where our patients feel comfortable. They come in, they have their um, surgery, they recover right in our suite and then they go home. Um, we have our own um, imaging and we're able to do ultrasound. We're able to do um, bone scans, bone densities here, you know, things like that. So it really is convenient for our patients. Can you tell me more about uh, the one-stop shopping that you mentioned and uh, what, what all goes into that? 
So over the years, we've had services here that we've expanded on. We've added some services. So within the last few years, we added um, 3D mammograms and 3D breast ultrasounds. And we have two sites now. So we started with one site and uh, that was successful and our patients really loved it. And so we just opened up a second site this past fall um, and it it happened that it timed well with uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October. So we're able to give um, the best services available on what I would consider best practices to our patients here. So um, if there's a service or maybe a surgery we wanna do in our surgery center, I work closely with the board here and we talk about some of the ancillary services or maybe some of the things that we wanna bring to the practice or expand on and we talk about it um, with the board. And then we set up um, a team here. Um, it is collaborative. We do things together here. And I work with the different departments and the different teams here to help develop uh, what we want to bring or what we want to expand on. What are some of the uh, challenges associated with having having multiple sites and maintaining kind of consistent operations? So what we do is we get together at the minimum once a month as a leadership team, and we talk about um, everything that goes into the practice what we're working on, um, you know, maybe what is going to be delayed a little bit like COVID with everybody else. We've had some things that have been delayed. Um, sometimes projects um, get behind a little bit because of um, multiple different reasons, whether it's COVID, whether it's staffing, could be a billing issue, um, could be a supply issue. So um, we do uh, work together and try to work through them. Um, right now, we are going to be bringing in-house um, COVID testing. I know the government's trying to get some testing out to everybody's home. Um, with our organization, we have over 100 employees. So it's one of those things where it helps us keep our employees safe. It keeps our employees here if we're able to do the, the testing in-house. So that's something new we're working on right now. So um, there's some challenges with supplies for sure. Um, trying to make sure our lab manager has what she needs in order to um, bring something new into our laboratory. And it could take, on average, six to nine months to bring something in or expand something um, during our development, during our conversations. And uh, again, we work collaboratively. So we work together to try to um, you know, bring whatever it is we want to do in, you know, into uh, a, an effective um, addition to our, our practices here, and it makes it easier for uh, not only our employees, our patients, but also our providers that see our patients every day. Do you have like, um, you know, like training manuals, things like that documentation? I know with, I know the, the jobs that most people do probably are, are bigger than what you would read in a manual, but do you have mm -hmm. things like that, you know, to cover absolutely for branches? Yep, absolutely. We have uh, policies and procedures. Um, we have a lot of uh, guidelines, practice guidelines, clinical guidelines that we do. We have a physician advocate within our practice that helps us update our guidelines. Um, you know, we follow the typical guidelines, like, for example, ACUG guidelines. We take a look and see, you know, what their uh, most recent bulletins are, what the updates are, and um, they work together um, to update what we currently have so that we are um, competitive and um, we are, again, doing what we call best practices here and try to be uh, proactive so that we're bringing the best care to everybody. How has uh, COVID kind of changed the way you guys run your operations? Like everybody else, we have challenges with people that are out, especially right now with the surge with the Omicron variant. So um, that is best, that's been a huge challenge for everybody involved. So 
you know, trying to keep everybody healthy, um, trying to update again our policies, trying to stay current with the current CDC guidelines, um, New York State Department of Health. Those guidelines and updates can come out daily, so it's a challenge to stay ahead of the curve and try to 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 um, stay compliant with that. And we have a great compliance officer. Um, it's one of our managers that's here in the practice, and so we talk frequently, and collaborate, and, and get those notifications out to. Um, all of our staff and the practices. And so it's been a big challenge. Um, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, our patient volume dropped. So, you know, it was a different story almost two years ago, whereas now we're busier than ever, but we're still dealing with the shortage of staffing. So that, you know, just like everybody else has been a huge challenge. How, uh, how do you divide your time between kind of you know, the medical field is associated with kind of responding to emergencies, but you're also um, kind of coming up with ways to to deal with future problems. How do you mm-hmm. kind of divide your time between those two things? That's a great question. That is a big challenge. Um, you know, I'm I'm a registered nurse. Um, that's that's the base of my um, education um, with, with a business background as well. So I honestly rely on my training as a nurse that you triage things. So we're trained as nurses to triage things. And so whether it's critical, like your critical care in the hospital, or you're trying to juggle all these different projects and, and things that come up. So, um, you know, it is, it is a delicate balance to try to juggle uh, what's urgent, what's not, you know, you can be in the middle of something that's urgent and then suddenly, you know, be out of that and then go back to, okay, what projects did I have? What was I working on? You know, what do we need to get through today? Um, you know, and you put in the hours that you need to. So it's, it's definitely not a, um, eight to five, um, job some days, sometimes it's longer. Um, sometimes, you know, it's after hours. And so, you know, it's, it's really utilizing the people around you. So having good managers in place, having good process in place where you have, that collaborative and that teamwork approach where you can really try to manage everything and get things done. Can you tell me kind of about your career development, you know, starting as a nurse and now being in the position to, to, to the point where you're in this position that you are now? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I started um, right out of high school going to a typical university for business and then you know, really found that the business world um, at that time, several years ago, was not really were, you know, my passion and what my interest was. And there was a, a nursing shortage at the time, actually. And the nursing field comes and goes with shortages and not having shortages. And so there was the hospital here that had their own program. So I did enroll and completed my education and went to work at the hospital for several years. And I was doing um, home care um, after that. So I did that for several years when my children were younger and uh, continued education, continued learning, certifications, um, just expanding my knowledge base. And, um, you know, through the years, as this company expanded as well, um, I was able to learn and grow with the company and to meet the needs of what our needs were. So in our area, we have had um, expansion. We didn't start out with four locations. We started off with um one and then we expanded into two and then our hospital was asking us to expand into another area where there was a need um, for an OBGYN practice so you know just meeting the needs of our community has helped us grow helped me grow you know in the field and um, I'm very active with medical group management association here in Syracuse locally and also at a state level for New York State 
Um, I recently joined that board, so I'm able to help with some of the initiatives that we have. So, you know, that and through ACOG, doing some best practice um, projects for them. And it's really um, helped me here and, and traveling when I can. With COVID, you can't travel so much, but being able to travel and going to conferences, um, bringing some of the education, the pieces there, bringing them back to the practice here, just continued learning all the way along. What, is, what was it about the medical field that was so attractive to you? And has that changed? Is there, are there new things about it that are attractive to you now? Um, yeah, you know, I come from a, a clinical background. So uh, my father is a physician and my mother was a midwife. She, she was uh, the first midwife um, actually in New York State. And so it just was in my blood and in hearing my family with that uh, medical background and my mother actually talked to me and said, you know, there's a real need to have nurses here. Maybe you would consider it. And so she's the one that kind of uh, prompted me to look into it. And then, you know, I, I really just loved it from the start. And as my career has grown and I've gotten back into business again, um, you know, COVID is really what helped me um, ignite my passion for nursing again, because when the governor asked for you know, nurses and physicians that haven't been doing it actively to respond to the call to be available to volunteer, I volunteered. And so I started giving COVID vaccines um, just to get us in a better place. Because at the time, a year ago, you couldn't get the vaccine and people were scared and, um, you know, people were dying. And so I got back into patient facing, giving vaccine, things like that. And just reignited my, my passion again for nursing. And so, you know, as the pandemic drags on, there's still that need for nurses to, to give vaccines and I'm doing actually COVID testing now, um, you know, after hours, um, because again, there, there's, there's just not enough tests out there and there's not enough need. What kind of back, or do you have like back lines backed up to get tests right now? Yes. Yes. It's hard to find tests and yes, it can get backed up for sure. And people are traveling again, like in the very beginning, about a year ago, when we were doing the vaccines here in Syracuse, people were traveling from New York City, people were traveling down from the borders close to Canada. Same thing's happening with the testing. People are traveling a half hour, hour away to get testing done. Um, you know, some of the pharmacies have them, but they sell out quickly. Trying to get at home testing can be a challenge with the supplies. So, yeah, it does get backed up. I have one final question for you, but first, if people wanted to find out more information about uh, Associates for Women's Medicine, is there a place where they can do that? Yes, our website is afwomensmed.com. And also we have a Facebook page, Associates for Women's Medicine. My final question, how do you guys maintain kind of a positive culture in the midst of just, you know, what I would imagine is kind of some days that can be very, very exhausting. How do you keep people's yeah. spirits up and maybe their energy at a place where, where it should be? That's a great question. Um, you know, really leaning on each other. If we, if we start to feel down or frustrated, you know, if we get a positive comment from a patient, one person will receive it, whether it's just in person or on the phones, through our website, someone, no matter who it is, will send an email out to everybody saying, I just got this compliment from this patient and it just goes out to everybody. Um, having some fun days, like a potluck day, you know, having silly things like, you know, ugly sweater day, um, just doing small things like that, you know, having lunches, um, doing the things that you can do to try to get you through having something positive somebody sent out. If we have an SU day, you know, taking pictures and sending it to everybody. So 
sometimes it could be the smallest thing that we do here that it just, you know, tries to keep us going. And, and just knowing that we're giving good patient care, just really knowing that we have a great group here, that we really give good care. And that's what keeps us motivated. Sure. Hey, Dana, it's been great to talk to you. And I really appreciate you sharing your insights and everything that you guys do over there. Really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. Mm Hmm.